it all. I've learned to depend upon his ways. As I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's quite a privilege to see all of you this morning. Amen. God bless you, Sister Willie. Amen. In South Africa, we say welcome. Amen. Good to have you back. Amen. See my friend, Masangode. Is my friend. God bless you to see you. Amen. Are you happy to be in the service? Amen. Amen. I didn't sleep, so I don't expect anyone to sleep. Amen. Amen. Uh, normally, sometimes you can have a message throughout the week. In the last hour or the last night, the God can just say, this was your message, was not my message. Uh, and you need to put it aside and check what he wants to say. Amen. Being a preacher is not an easy task. Uh, but we thank God for his provision. Amen. God bless you, musicians. Let's turn our Bibles. <coughs> Let's turn our Bibles to the book of maybe yeah, book of Matthew. Book of Matthew chapter chapter sixteen. Chapter 16, verses verse 13. You mind if we read it together? Uh, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philip, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say, I, the Son of Man, am? said, some say that thou art John the Baptist. And they said, some say thou Some Elias. Some Elias. Others Jeremiah. Others Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. Or one of the prophets. These are the people outside that we're asking. And he saith unto him, but who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee. But my Father, which is in heaven. And 
And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He gave Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven, but he withheld the keys of hell. Amen. Meaning the church must open the keys of heaven. Are we together? And and I will give thee, I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, in Acts 7, verse 55. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Amen. Just to put it up front, the spirit does not have a right hand. Amen. The spirit does not have a right hand. But you'll get an answer what is the right hand. The last scripture, then I allow you to sit down. Exodus 7, verse 1. found trees in this manner. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. And Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. I read a lot of uh, uh, translations and I could see that a lot of translators were struggling. If you go and read other translations, it will say, I've made thee as God or like God. They are afraid to say, I've made thee a God. Because that is very strong for a, a Pentecostal chicken. Amen. It's a very strong medicine. I've made thee a God over Pharaoh. You see, uh, Moses was not a prophet to Pharaoh. 
He was a prophet to the Hebrews. To Pharaoh, he was God. Aaron was a priest to the Hebrews. But to Pharaoh, he was a prophet. Hallelujah. We thank God for this. So that means believers will always get the best. Amen. That is why the weakest brother in the message can be the strongest man in the denominations. Amen. That is why uh, when you say I'm the best, we ask compared to who? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this morning. We are short of ways to appreciate you for all things that you are doing for us. The provision, the guidance, the protection, the leadership, everything that you are doing for us. I believe that believers in the building, many of them have got so many testimonies of your provision, of your protection, of your guidance and leadership. You are not just a God, but you are God of deeds. You've got a, an impeccable track record that you can present to whoever would want to dispute it to show that you do keep your weight. And this morning, I have a confidence to stand here and preach this weight. Had I not had the confidence, I would not be doing that. But it's because I've seen you many a times doing great things, paradoxical things, until our minds were boggled and we asked ourselves, is it possible then we realize the things that are impossible with me are possible with you. This morning, believers have needs. And they've come to the presence of God. I know and believe that you are going to answer every prayer in the building. You are going to honor and meet every request in the building. Dear God, we, we really appreciate to break about you, especially in a world where you are being mocked by drunkards, by men and women of twisted minds, right in the midst of mockery. We want to break about you. The heathens, a lot of times, and some of the atheists would say, where is thy God? But dear God, I know believers can begin to look into their lives and said, over there it was God. Over there it was God. Again, over there it was Him. Because they can see uh, the, the, the traces of footprints in, your li- in their lives. And if there is anyone that needs anything this morning, I'm here standing in the gap to present the need. If they do not have enough faith, I will stand in the gap to have faith on their behalf that whatever they need, may you grant it, Heavenly Father. 
this service. You have been invited into this service. You have never coexisted with Satan at any time. Whenever you move in, he's got to move out. This morning, I believe your presence is here. And Satan and demons cannot do anything in your presence. The scripture says we have the right to bind them. I bind every spirit this morning. And we set the Holy Spirit loose to operate and minister from city to city. That when we come to the end of the service, believers should say, Surely the Lord was with us. Dear God, I'm standing here not to present my thoughts, not to present my personality, not to present my intellect, but I'm solemnly depending on your inspiration. May your people see you, not a man. I, as a man, I fail, dear God, but you are not a failure. That is why I'm availing myself and reporting for duty this morning that whatever is going to be done here, let it be for the glory of God. We commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Richly. Amen. Now, we just going to spend a couple of minutes. We want to speak on a daily gated authority. Amen. A daily gated authority. Amen. Uh, delegation uh, it means that you assign responsibility to somebody that they may act on your behalf. Are we together? Now however when you delegate and that is why maybe for those that uh, uh, maybe I can explain this there's a difference between responsibility and accountability Amen Uh, the difference is if you are a leader or a manager in an organization and you delegate a task to a person you have given them responsibility but it does not divorce you from accountability if they mess up you have messed up are you with me Uh, responsibility can be shared but accountability cannot be shared That is why in the family, you can share responsibilities with your wife, but you cannot share accountability. You, as the head of the house, you are accountable. 
expected an amen, but we'll do a moment of silence today. Amen. So, you, you are accountable, although you share responsibilities. Are we together? Uh, when we are a church, we've got your leaders, your elders, deacons, trustees, we share responsibilities, but the pastor is accountable. Amen. That means if the church backslides, we don't chase after a deacon, we chase after the pastor and ask what happened to the Amen. Are we together? Amen. Now, we are going to show those things. That's why I say I want us to speak on responsibility or delegated Authority. Do we still believe that a man is the head of the house, sisters? Uh, or have we joined the feminist movement that says uh, men are trash? Amen. Do we still believe that men are the head of the houses? Amen. Men, do you still believe that you are the head of the houses? Amen. Uh, but it has to be a sober head uh, because a headless man cannot be a head. A headless man cannot be a head. You need to have a head to qualify to be a head. Are you with me? When a headless man tries to be a head, it's, a, it's chaos. It's, it's a mess. It's that's why you find that there is abuse, there is, there is this things, the horrible things that we hear happening in some families. Amen. And while editor must say, South Africa needs God. Amen. We are a nation that is on a dangerous trajectory because of things that are happening. And it's beginning these days. It looks like you are more to assume that when people are married, they are not happy than to assume that they are happy because of things that we hear and stats that we see. But I believe that the message believers are not in Egypt, they are in Goshen. And there is darkness in Egypt, but there is light in Goshen. Uh, can I get an amen on that? Amen. A brother that is full of the Holy Ghost is ten times better than a man that is without the Holy Ghost. That means he is, he is responsible and he leads with a certain sense of responsibility. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. If I could ever find that a brother abuses a sister, he would not last in this church. Ah, I understand what I'm talking about. Because a man that lifts up his hand to a woman is no longer a man. Amen. And it's not even a woman. He's an animal. Ah, can I get an amen on that? Amen. Are we together? All right. I'm not on that. I just felt pulled to go that way. Amen. But I'm on a delegated 
authority. Now, the Lord cannot fully bless a man or a woman until he has conquered them first. That means even you, you can never delegate authority to somebody that you do not trust. Because delegation means it's a reflection of trust on a certain level. Are we together? And we must meet God's authority before we can establish his authority. Are we together? And God's authority, I'm just making remarks around authority. God's authority represents God himself. Are you still with me? And nothing can surpass it. We must submit to and know God's authority. Submission is the act of surrendering to the power of another. And when we submit to God's authority, God will place you under his delegated authority. Are you still with me? Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Now, here where we have read it says, Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind here on earth shall be bound here and whatever you set free here shall be set free in heaven. Are we together? Now, when, and I, I want to, the other time I said this and I want to say it again and make it more clearer. We do not have power. We have authority. Power belongs to God. Can I give an example? When a traffic cop stops you down the road and waves you down and you pull over, the reason you stop is because you can identify the uniform. And you, the uniform and the badge is a symbol of his authority. But he does not have the power. Because you can run him over. But the reason you don't run him over is because you are subject to his authority. Stay with me. However, if he pulls you over and he says, Ma'am, may I have your driver's license? And you say, uh, I don't care. And he says, can I have your driver's license? You say, you're wasting my time. Then he, he pulls out his gun. Hallelujah. And pulls you out of the car and throws into a van. Now, that is a demonstration of power. Are you together? Amen. But that power, he's given that power and that authority by the government. It is not his. It's a delegated authority to him by the government. Are we together? This morning, I have no power uh, over a demon. I do not have power over Satan. But I have a delegated authority that has been given to me by God to bring a demon under subjection. Are you still here with me? 
Now, and we are going to get into that. Now, if you look where we read, the Bible says, when he sent Moses to Egypt, he says, the Lord said unto Moses, see, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy prophet. Are we together? This means the godship was now delegated to Moses. It was not, God just, did not just bring the fleece upon the land. It was Moses who spoke the fleece into existence. By what power or by what authority? By a delegated authority. Are you still with me? So that means Pharaoh could not respect God more and disrespect Moses. Because Moses and God to Pharaoh were one thing. Are you still with me? And God said to their brother shall be a prophet. And in Exodus 4.15, you don't need to bring it up onto the screen. I'll read it here. He says, thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. This Moses putting words into Aaron's mouth. And I will be thy mouth. And with his mouth and will teach you what he shall do. And he shall, and he shall be thy spokesperson unto the people. And he shall be, even, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. Are we together? That means Aaron had to look, and this, this may sound very heavy, but Aaron had to look at Moses and take Moses to be God's weight. Are you with me? Can I, can I say that? So Aaron could not debate with Moses. Moses was a God's authority to Aaron and to the Israelites and to the Egyptians. Are we together? The same thing today. I believe that our prophet is an authority in this generation. Whatever message that he proclaims is God's final authority in this age. Uh, do you believe that? Yes. Hallelujah. Now let's come to here. Brother Brenham says, if you want a quotation on that in the message, the unveiling of God. Paragraph 131. Brother Brenham says, God had the, Moses had the weight. Now remember, after the weight was made manifest, Moses was Moses again. But while that weight was in Moses to be given out, he was God. Very difficult to swallow, uh, but I will put it again on the table to be digested. But while that weight was in Moses to be given out, he was God. He was in Moses no more he had the word of the Lord for that age. Did you get that one? As long as the word was in Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus was God. As long as the word was in the prophet, the prophet was God. But after the word had left the prophet, the prophet was the prophet again. But as long as the word was in the prophet, it was God in flesh. Are we together? And today, where is the weight today? Brother Bram says, here's the secret. The weight is now in the bride. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What does it mean? It means the authority 
has now been delegated to the church. And as long as the word is in the church, it makes the church to be God expressed in our age. Folks, I believe I'm not preaching to Pentecostals. I believe I'm preaching to the eagles that can digest the meat, not drink the milk here. Are we together? And I hope you will not be confused and say, we worship Brother Brenham or they worshipped Moses. That is not the case. If the weight is in you and your God made flesh, we won't, we won't worship you. But we've got to acknowledge that you are the vessel that contains that God. Are we together? Are you still with me? Now, let us come. When they crucified or when they stoned Stephen, he looked into the heavens and the heavens opened and the Bible says then Jesus was on the right hand side of God. Now, when we were in the denomination, we had very active imagination. And we would think of God sitting on a big chair with a long arm and Jesus on the right hand. Uh, That is a denominational idea. God is a spirit. God does not have a hand. when When it says the right hand of God, the right hand, it means authority. Are you still with me? You want that, maybe I can get it for you and read it for you in the message Christ. He says, paragraph 44, think of it, brother. Now that God in his infinite mercy, purchasing us through the blood of Jesus Christ, now sitting at the right hand of the majesty. And Brahman says the right hand means in power and authority that as a high priest to make intercessions upon anything that we confess that he has done. After once coming into the fellowship, sign your name on the check and say, here it is, there you get it. We believe that you get what you ask for because we have judged God to keep his weight. Are we together? So the right hand, it means authority. It does not mean Jesus was standing there and God had this long arm. Are we together? Now, he continues in the message, Hebrews, paragraph 117. He says, what does right hand, mean, right hand mean? Not God has got a right hand that somebody is sitting on it. Right hand means the power and authority. He got every authority of everything in heaven and earth. And all the heavens and earth is made by him. Are we together? Are you still with me here? Now, when we speak about authority... Brother Bram says, I hate a powerless religion. Hallelujah. And I hope you hate a powerless religion here. Now, he says, all the authority and all the power was given unto you, unto him. And he comes around and he says, now I send you. And he says, in my name, you will cast out devils. Hallelujah. And the question would be, in whose authority, in his authority that has been delegated to us? Are you still with me? When we say you've got a delegated authority, it means that you are using the name of the person that that has given you authority. Maybe let me give an example. If we say you've got the power of attorney, Somebody gives you the power of attorney. That means you can enter into contracts on their behalf. 
And those contracts will be binding because they gave you the power of attorney. Are you still with me? That means how you act, whatever you do, that person cannot divorce themselves from what they've given you. Their name holds them accountable to whatever you are going to do. Are we together? So this morning, we have demons that are all over, that are tormenting the people. But you today, God has given you the power of atony to act on his behalf and to release the people from their bondage. Are you still with me? I hope we are together here. The same as he had with Moses, the same is with you today. Are we together? And if the church can understand who she is, I don't think there is any demon that can stand before the church of the living God. Hallelujah. The problem is when you have the authority, but you don't know that you have it. I don't know whether, have you ever seen maybe at a workplace, they hire a manager that is uh, wishy-washy, maybe through favoritism or of some sort, and he spends most of his time being apologetic. That man has no authority because he lacks the legitimacy. And every time he acts upon a decision, he wants to check whether will it backfire, and if it backfire, what is going to happen. But when you have been given authority, let me say you are a manager, you work night shift, and your general manager is not there, but you know that at night, I'm the final voice in this territory. Hallelujah. That means you can suspend someone at night and only tell the manager in the morning that if you don't see that guy, I dealt with him last night. What gives you that power? It is because of a delegated authority. Hallelujah. The Bible says whatever we bind here in earth, on earth, shall be bound in heaven. So that means heaven is looking at us to see what we do with matters. Are you still with me? And because it is looking at us, that means God trusts us. He knows that we will not abuse our authority. We will use his authority within the confinement of his weight. We will not use his authority to break his weight. Are we together? That is where Brother Brum speaks about the laws of faith. As much as we say, speak whatever you need into existence. It doesn't mean that you can speak another world into existence. No, it still needs to operate within the parameters of the word of God. Are we together? And actually, if he say whatever he said we must do, to him it's already done. He's looking for us to action it. So this morning it means that if there is a demon in the building, I need not, sometimes God does not want me to consult, to fast, and to do, to do a long prayer. Already has given me power over that demon to cast it out. Are you here, sisters? Even with your children, sister, you've got a delegated authority in your house over your children. That means the enemy cannot do anything to your children as long as you exercise your authority and say, Satan, wrong address. But authority, it means that you must recognize your position. And authority can be exercised at a certain place. That means they cannot make you a general manager of ESCOM and you go to Anglo-American and start giving orders. They will say you have lost your mind. 
Yes, it is the right authority. Yes, you've got the right title, but you are at the wrong place. That is why we speak about positional victory. You cannot be in a backsliding condition and want to have authority over a demon. It will backfire and you will be in trouble. Are we together? But when you have found your position and when you have found your rightful place, then you can exercise authority because Satan recognizes a position. I'll repeat you that. Satan recognizes a position. Let's put it this way. In Daniel, Gabriel is, uh, Daniel is praying. As he's praying, he's busy praying, looking for an answer from God. As he's praying, for 21 days, no answer. And he's wondering what is happening because I'm praying. As he's praying, no answer. Only after 21 days, then he comes. He says, Daniel, the moment you kneeled down, heaven already had an answer. And send me with an answer. But unfortunately, on my way coming down, I found a roadblock. There is a, a territorial demon called the Prince of Persia. This Prince of Persia withstood me. Now, I'm asking myself, what gives the Prince of Persia, what gives that demon an authority or the guts to withstand such a, a mighty angel such as Gabriel. Remember, an angel, be, an, a demon before it became a demon, it was an angel. And that means the demons recognizes their former colleagues, which are the angels. So that means the prince of Persia knew that this is Gabriel. Gabriel, we used to work together. You are not going anywhere. But when Michael came, the prince of Persia had to give way. Why? The prince of Persia recognized the position of Michael and knew that Michael is not Gabriel. And today, where is Michael today? He shall be in his people. So that means wherever we go, no demon will stand before us. As much as the prince of Persia gave way, today, demons will give way when sons and daughters of God come their way. Why? They are not recognizing a church. They are not recognizing a sermon. They are not recognizing a long prayer. They are not recognizing a fasting. They are recognizing your God-given position. Because with position comes authority. And with authority comes a power. And therefore, you have to exercise authority. Oh, I'm glad about these things. Because it makes me not to navigate through life as a victim. It allows me to get into situations and know who I am in situations. Are you still with me? If you've got authority, you will have authority over fire as much as the Hebrew children had authority over fire. When you've got authority, you'll have authority over lions as much as Daniel had authority over lions. This morning, there is no spirit that can defeat a child of God. Brother Branson, when the church receives the true revelation of Jesus Christ, she rises like an invincible army. And I'm here to declare, we are an invincible army. What do I mean? There will be things that will come our way. There will be challenges that will come our way. There will be diseases that will come our way. But there is one thing that I'm saying. The church is invincible. It cannot be defeated. 
Why? Because it has a delicate authority. Folks, we are entering an adoption phase. Remember, we are new, not new babies anymore. There is a difference being born again and being adopted. Hallelujah. A born again child cannot exercise authority because he's under a tutor. And the shooter is observing you and is giving back to the report to the father. And the shooter is the Holy Ghost. He comes and says, you are son, you are daughter. She is on the right track. And gives a report to the father. And when they are said, the process is complete, then the shooter reports to the father and says, now the son of the daughter is ready. And when you are ready, then there is a ceremony. A ceremony, it means now the father is adopting you. And when the father adopts you, it means his authority is no longer his only. He delegates authority to the son. That is why when he adopted his son on Mount Transfiguration, he said, yeah, he... Hallelujah. That means when he speaks, is the father speaking. That means whatever he binds, the father will bind. Whatever he set loose, the father will set loose. Today we are the adopted sons and daughters of God. Whatever we say, the father says exactly the same thing. Whatever we bind, the father binds. This morning we don't care about Satan and demons. They are under our authority because we are the adopted sons and daughters of the living God. Oh, if you can wake up to that fact, there is no demon that will stand before you. Are you here, people? I, and I, I can boldly and unapologetically declare it here. Any spirit that torments the people in the end time needs a child of God to step in. Oh, I can have an amen on that. You in your family, no matter whether this one had this problem, that one had a problem, that is why when you visit your home, as much as they can reject the message, but when you go into your home, there is a certain presence that goeth with you. Hallelujah. When you are, even if you've got a sangoma in the house, the sangoma gets irritated. When are you going? Because why? It is a collusion of powers. An adopted son of God is now in the building and everything is subject to that son. Oh, if our relatives knew what we possess, even December holidays coming, they should be following you and say, don't go anywhere. Come to our place. Because why? When you are there, you possess. You are a possessor. You bring things under subjection. We are not victims. We are victors here. Because we've got a delicate authority. Are you here, people? I hope we are together. Amen. And remember what Adam lost in the Garden of Eden. Brother Brown said he lost his Godship. Hallelujah. Not sonship, he says Godship. The ability to act like God. That's what he lost. And your prophet messenger comes, fundamental uh, uh, foundation of faith. He says all that Adam ever lost. Jesus Christ has redeemed you back to that. And if Adam lost the Godship, in the end time I tell Satan, my Godship has been restored. How do I know? Somewhere in the woods, 
a prophet of God was out there. And he was there thinking about Mark 11. And thinking about that scripture. Whatever you speak, if you say to this mountain, be moved, it shall be so. And the voice said, what do you need? And he began to say, am I dreaming? And the voice whispered one more time, what do you need? And the prophet stood up and said, I need the squirrels. And said, where do you want them to come from? You can speak them. He rubbed his eyes because he thought, goodness, am I dreaming? The voice said, how do you want them to come? And right there, in the woods. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1 was being reenacted again. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 1, it was God. But in the Colorado desert, it was a man born by sex desire to demonstrate that the gossip had been returned. And a man stood there and said, let there be a squirrel from a mouth of a human being to somewhere the, the squirrel came to existence. And he said, I thought I was dreaming. I shot the squirrels. I went to the squirrel. I picked up the squirrel. It was bleeding. And he says, the vision does not bleed. And he says, I began to carry my squirrel. And God said, wait a minute. You said, how many do you want? He says, three. says, the next one, where do you want it to come? He says, right there, I began to think. I said, I want the first, another one to run from there, over there. And it ran from there, over there. He shot it. And he took and said, how many? He says, no, the last one. I need, the squirrel is allergic to the sycamore tree. No, no, he was enjoying to be a small creator. He was saying, now I need the impossibilities. The squirrel can never be on a sycamore tree. But because today, my God's sheep has returned. I'm an adopted son of the living God. I've got the authority delegated to me. The powers of Genesis 1 are vested in me. Let there be a squirrel on the sycamore tree. And there was a squirrel on the sycamore tree. And he shot the squirrel. Hallelujah. And then we went home. Goodness, do you, do you saw somebody telling you that I was there, this is what happened. And he's busy there speaking about it and speaking about it until a deacon said, ah, oh, we believe God, but this is going too far. A deacon said, no, this is too far. But a human poor in a corner while listening to the fellowship of the brothers, she said, Brother Brenham, that is nothing but the truth. Brother Brenham said, she said the right thing that unlocked heaven and it poured into that room. And the prophet of God stood up and said, Hate right, you can ask whatever you want. Hallelujah. And he had to say, what can I ask? He says, you are poor, you can ask a million dollars. It will be on your lap. I don't know where that money was going to be printed, but I believe God has got his own reserve bank. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our God is not poor. 
The other time he owed a text, he says, no, don't worry. There is an ATM. There is a little fish there in the sea. Just go and grab it. There is money inside the fish. Hallelujah. And he says, there is your mother and father. They are old. Had Sister Haiti had asked that they must return back to their youth, it would have happened. And said, there is your sister, Eddie, she's on a wheelchair. And Brother Brenham and Sister Hetty looked around and said, the greatest desire, Brother Brenham, that I desire is the salvation of my two sons. And Brother Brenham stood out and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I, hallelujah. Come on, Brother Brenham, not Elohim, I. I give you your children eternal life. Brother Brahman, do you have eternal life? God delegated the authority in that house on the prophet and he has the ability to give eternal life. Hallelujah. Are you here? I'm showing you what happened through this ministry. Brother Oscar, he lost the two horses two ponies. They had been lost in search everywhere. He couldn't find them. And it had been a long time they had gone through the winter season. And horses during the winter season they will freeze to death. But on the other side of the winter he says the God was there blaming Oscar. How can you leave those two horses? And he says brother Oscar came close to me and said brother brother just ask God to give me back my two ponies. Then brother will say, don't worry, Oscar. God will give you another ponies. He says, no, I don't need other ponies. I need my ponies. Hallelujah. And brother Brenham say, if you believe so, he said, brother Brenham, you never said that God can restore. And brother Brenham say, yes, God can restore. Remember they had gone through winter. Chances of those ponies being alive, it was zero. Hallelujah. But the prophet later, he said, Oscar, thou says the Lord, you will find your two ponies at such and such place. I'm telling you, where did those ponies come from? The God that can restore. Had restored to the ponies, but he took the prophet to exercise the authority. I don't care what you have lost this morning, but we have the authority to restore what you have lost. Not one-fold, not two-fold, not three-fold, seven-fold. Not replacement, the very thing that you lost. If it's the sun, the sun will come back. Not another sun, the very one will come back. But you've got to have faith in God. Are you here? Yeah. Hope we are together. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Bram says, when he speaks about Moses again, he says, in the unveiling of God, just bear with me here, yeah? I got excited. Code that I want to read it verbatim. Uh, there we go. 
Now, Brother Branham says in this message, he says in the unveiling of God, he says, paragraph 172, he says, the word had to come from Moses first. Moses had the weight. They were written by God. Nobody could interpret them. Moses had to interpret them. That's the reason he veiled his faith. Do you see it? Are you with me, church? Then he says, and here it is. We could pick it up, pack it up, and everything else, but it's got to be revealed. In order to reveal, Moses had to become God to the people. I'll read that so that if you are spiritually inclined or you are a student of a message, you would know what I speak about here. The weight had to come from Moses first. Moses had the weight. They, now, Brother Brennan moves from their weight. Now he pluralizes it. He says, they were written by God. Nobody could interpret them. In our time, what is it that was in this time that could not be interpreted by a man? What is it, folks? What is it that was picked up, packed up, but could not be interpreted by a man? Amen. Are you here? What is it? The seals. Are we together? They were written by God. Nobody could interpret them. Moses had to interpret them first. That's the reason he veiled his face. Here it is. We could pick it up, pack it up, everything else. Pick it up. How do we pick it up? On tape. Pick it up. How do we pick it up? In booklets. And everything else. But it's got to be revealed. In order to reveal, Moses had to become God to the people. And in the end time, we could pick it up, pack it up. But in order to be revealed, the prophet of the age had to become God to the people. This sounds fanatical, but it is the truth. Hallelujah. And the prophet is not here. We have got the seals. They are picked up, packed up, but it's got to be revealed. In order to be revealed, the bride has to become God to the people. Why? It means about delegated authority. No one could break the seals. No one could interpret them. But in our time, in the message of the gap, the prophet comes and says, I had to go eastward. I had to go westward and come back to the east to reveal the seals for the lamb. But yet no man was worthy to break the seals and to lose the seals thereof. But he says, I had to come and reveal the seals for the lamb. And what is happening? Moses had to be veiled. And in the end time, God had to be veiled. But he had to find a veil. And that veil was a man. Amen. 
Are you still with me? And today, that man is not here, but God still has to be veiled. Then who is the veil? Brother Bram says he never changes the essence of who he is, but he changes the veils. And I say in the end time, who is the veil? Hallelujah. Not another man somewhere. The church of the living God has become God's dress way. Hallelujah. Do you want to know what God is dressing? Look at the children of God. They are God's dress way. Are you still with me? When God, when you walk down the street, is God walking down the street? When you sing, is God singing? When you preach, is God preaching? Oh, God is wearing a suit in the end time. God is wearing a dress in the end time. And it is no lesser God. It's the same God. Brother Brenham said, if I go to the ocean and with a teaspoon and take out the water with a teaspoon, he said the same minerals that are in the ocean are now in that teaspoon. The water in the teaspoon are no different from the water in the ocean. And I'm saying if you've got the deity in you, it is no different from the very deity that created the heavens and the earth. And that deity in you can create as much as that deity created. That's why in the end time he says whatever you need, you speak the word. Hallelujah. The word will materialize. It's not your weight, it's him in you speaking that weight. A delegated authority. Folks, our prophet, you remember the other time, there's a maniac that came into the building. Preachers ran off because he had killed a man prior to that. And when the preachers were running and Tommy Osborne was there, he says everybody was running, but Brother Brenham stood on the platform and they say he was in a bowed posture. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen a seed that is mature? It bows. Hallelujah. Now what happened to the the man came with foam coming out of his mouth. You, you are a snake in the grass. I'm going to squash you off. Brother Bram said, I had no fear. He says, right in my heart, a divine love was projected. And when that man came there, Brother Bram says, just a few feet from where he was, and Brother Bram says, today, you have challenged the servant of God before the people. But I will show you, you're going to bow down before me. Hallelujah. Why did he have to bow down? He was not bowing to Brother Bram. He was bowing to God's delegated authority. Brother Bram realized that, demon, you have been going on a rampage for far too long. But today you have met your match. I'm not just an ordinary preacher that will run away when Satan comes my way. I am an adopted son of the living God. You will bow down to me. I'm looking for believers with such indignation. Believers that can face Satan and say, Satan, I don't care. You have made that one to bow to you. You have made that one to bow down to you. But today, you have come to me. I'm an adopted son and a daughter of the living God. You are not going to find your way here. You will bow down before me. Folks, you understand the authority. Authority is not sheepish. Authority requires a boldness. Have you ever seen a manager that is bold, that has got authority? He will tell you and say, I will fire you. And say, goodness, what do you mean? He say, I don't care, I will fire you. That's authority. And I'm looking for believers that can look at Satan and say, Satan, I will fire you. 
And if he does challenge you, fire him. Because whatever the sun fires, it is fire. Whatever the sun hires, it is higher. And this morning, we are firing Satan. We are firing every disease in the building. We are firing sugar diabetes. We are firing cancer. We are firing depression. We are firing every demonic activity in the name of Jesus Christ. We have authority this morning by God's power. Hallelujah. Are you here, church? We are not going to retreat. We are not going to retreat. Forward we go. And if something is on the way, we will push it out of the way. I am looking for spiritual bulldozer. Spiritual bulldozer. They don't negotiate. They say, Satan, get by the way, time. We are on our way to Jerusalem. You cannot stop us. You cannot stop our wives. You cannot stop to our children. You cannot stop our animals. If you've got a cat that you love, it is coming with you to heaven. I heard myself. If you love your cat, it's coming. If you love your horse, it's coming. That's what Brother Brenham said. And if a horse can go to heaven, how much more about my son? How much more about my daughter? My daughter is going. My son is going. All that I ever love is going. Satan will never stop it. As much as Pharaoh never stopped us. We are going, folks. We are going. Whatever we bind here shall be bound in heaven. Child of God, you will never fail. You will never fail. There is a covenant. He hung on the cross. And by his blood, he said you will never fail. Because you are the covenant people. I'm preaching to people that will never fail. I'm preaching to the people that will never fall. I'm preaching to the invincible army. Hallelujah. Mrs. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. She signs on the checkbook with confidence. She knows that this signature has got his power. And you have been given a blank check. Ask whatever. Whatever. In my name. We are not married to a poor husband. He's the creator of the universe. We just sign. There is no insufficient funds. Wherever we go, are you sick? We sign. You want salvation? We sign. You want a happy marriage? We sign. The church of God has got the power of our Tony. We sign. You want a job? We sign. Hallelujah. Keep on signing. Hallelujah. Sign. Hallelujah. A delicate authority. Ooh. Have you ever seen? Uh, you know, there is this sales consultant that judged the book by its cover. When somebody comes in the shop, they look at you. And say, oh, you need you need this car. Or you need this. Are you sure? Are you sure? You know, a woman that knows my husband has got cash says, excuse me, I'm sure 
If you are not sure, I'll go to the store where they are sure. And have you ever seen they give you and that shrewd sales consultant keeps on peeping and looking and saying, you want to see what will happen at the team. And the woman that has got confidence goes there. They say, on the team. Hallelujah. And it's time to pay. Maybe they say, 35,000. And it just takes out your cards. Straight or budget? Or straight? <laughs> Pin coat. And the sales consultant is looking, he's waiting to decline. But that slip comes out. Approved. Demons are looking at us this morning as we are about to, to when we have signed. They say that cancer is not going. It's going to be declined. But the blood of Jesus Christ shall never lose its power. It says approve. Amen. We are married in community of property. Hallelujah. But it needs you to have an indignation. You know why God gives you trials? He wants to squeeze you so that you exercise authority. Amen. And sometimes, the problem is that sometimes things that we need to fire, we hire. And things that we need to hire, we fire. So sometimes God looks at us and says, that's not how it's done. Then he brings a squeeze of some sort to instill a sense of responsibility. Hallelujah. The prodigal son, the reason he went broke, it is only when he was broke that he realized that I'm better than this. When you are given, a substitute is more dangerous than to lack. Are we together? I mean, a man, a man, a man that is a boyfriend material is more dangerous than if you were just alone. Sometimes it's better to be alone than to have a boyfriend. It's a, Substitute is more, it has more headache. And actually, before God gives you the right thing, the devil offers a substitute. Have you realized that when you want to testify to somebody about the message and they never care about it, right at when you are testifying, another Pentecostal just comes from nowhere and begins to testify to this guy. Anyone that all along I've been testifying, this man did not want church, but he is a man. Is now we've been saying, come to our church, we invite them. Then when you come to work, we hear that, ah, they had the, the men's meeting on Friday. You wonder, but this man, all along, he was denying God. I only introduced the test, he's already been picked up by a substitute. That's Satan, he is a specialist. Are you here, young? Yeah. Young girls, before the real man comes, a substitute comes. A substitute. And the danger 
there's what we call the opportunity cost. You wonder that, hey, if I leave this substitute, what if nothing comes? I'm telling you, if you were good enough to attract a substitute, you are good enough to attract the real thing. The substitute is a sign that the real thing is coming. Uh, are you with me? Uh, are you here? Same with you, brothers. It's not only for sisters, even you. You're coming up nicely. The moment you want, every, no woman used to look at you. At work, you were like a flower that is neglected. But the moment you propose to a sister in church and there is a process to me, all of a sudden, when you come to work, oh, you look tall. All along, you were never tall. But because there is movement in the right direction, you are being tall. Are you here, brothers? That's why wealthy women, they don't care. They, they don't want single men. Hear me out. They say if he's single, is really bad news. Why is no woman interested? They want married ones. Today, a, a wedding ring attracts more women than when there is no ring. I know what I'm talking about. I, we hear them on radio and say, married men I don't give you stress at all. Then, you being dumb, you leave your wife for that one. I'm telling you, you will return, but in a painful state. They will finish you off, throw you away, and come here. And when you come here, and you say, now I want to come to church, Pastor, let the church forgive me. And we come here, and the church forgives you, you go to it, and say, ah, me, I'll remain alone. Then you start saying, ah, there is no forgiveness. If you leave your house, your wife has got a right when you come back to say, no, I'd rather live alone. Oh, yes. Some men, they think that because they are in the message, they can do in and out. No. You'll go in, out, and come back and find no entry. <laughs> and come to the pastor and say, hey, pastor, I'll say, hey, we can't force it. <laughs> You're the, one, you're the one that taught her that it's, uh, it's possible to live alone. There you have taught her. She's doing very good. She's your graduate. Certain things, when you do them, you must have a long-term vision. If this, I uh, make this decision now, how will it be 10 years down the line? Are uh, you still with me? Because some men, we, we've got, uh, we are, they call it the vepeter. There's a term... A spy, a, 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 an animal that does not have a spine. Invertebrates. Is it fine? Yeah. The, some men are like that. Just being sweet talked by a, a girl because she needs air time. <laughs> and you leave your wife because she wants you to pay school fees. You think air time is cheap. After a while, she no longer needs airtime. 
She needs exactly what your wife needed. And you say she, she's nagging. This one will as well say. A relationship without responsibility is nice. But every responsi- relationship inevitably will lead to a phase where there is responsibility. I'm simply saying authority comes with accountability. You cannot exercise authority without being accountable. Are you with me? But I'm glad to preach to men that will never leave their wives. As if you leave your wife who will never befriend you. Ah, no, no, no. You'll make her... Because if, if I become your friend and you have left your wife and we become friends, my wife will just say, eh, it's a matter of time. Why? Because I can two walk together unless they agree. If you beat your wife, you cannot be our friend. Or you abuse her, you cannot be our friend. The moment we've got evidence, you'll even will treat you like you've got a leper. Because you will teach us your bad tendencies. Amen. But when, when we come and we see you treating your wife very well, then you will make us to come because we want to learn. Say, hey, brother, how do you do that? So that we can as well implement it home. Because iron sharpens iron. Amen. That's why I'm suspicious of a married man that likes to hang around with single men. What are they teaching you? You know, bachelors, they know more about marriage than us married people. Me, a woman, will never control me. These brothers, you ask him, veteran, he calls the wife into the bedroom. What's that? He's not a man. Wait. <laughs> You're still doing theory. Practicals are coming. Isn't it so folk? Even those that are without children, me, my child, if he leaves the message, I'll kick him out. Really? They are still going to the baby room. Wait until they no longer go there. You are the first one to say, can we be gracious? You see, no wonder the Bible says the man that must be a deacon or a pastor must be a married man. You know why? Because when you are married, you understand the challenges. You can give advice based on what you have experienced than based on what you have referred from Google. Oh, you still with me? But on that, church, I'm saying, let us exercise our God-given authority. Demons must flee when we come because we've got authority. These people are God's dresswear, God's veil. If God wants to speak today, he needs this mouth. If God wants to listen, he needs this ears. If God wants to walk somewhere, he needs this feet. If God wants the hands, he will use these hands. So today, you are the embodiment of God. And that gives you authority. And exercise your authority. You know the other time I have said it many a times where a sister was quite afraid of her unbelieving husband. 
uh, and hear me out. In this church, when a sister is with us and the husband is not a believer and they stay together, we will treat the husband with respect, with dignity, despite the fact that he may be a drunkard. We will not say he's a demon and will not encourage a sister to say, your husband is a demon. Let me put it this way. I say authority has a place and a position. Do you know that even I as a pastor, if I come into a man's house, I am subject as a pastor. I am subject to the authority of the man of the house. Do you hear me, sisters? Even if I intervene in a marital dispute, I've got to make sure that I, I, I get in but understanding that it is a privilege given to me by the head of the house that lets us hear this matter out. And I've realized there's many times I get a call from the community in general. There's another one that just called me this week. The other one, it was some, I think I must have had three cases of people that are not in this church but are in the community. Just give me a call. Pastor, I got your number. Uh, I need, I need, we, I need an intervention. It was a woman. Uh, my husband, this, this challenge. Then I said, oh, okay, no problem. Says things are bad. I might move out. Then I said, okay, no problem. Actually, it was the other one. This case was last year. The, 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 the recent one was different. Then I said, no problem. I'll come to your house. Then I phoned the man that is at work. You see, when you're a pastor, you cannot be afraid. Even if they say it's the most dangerous gangster in Wheatbank. <laughs> as long as the woman has phoned the pastor, I've got to find a way to speak to that gangster face to face. Why? I understand my position. Brother Brown says when God calls a man, he makes him the pastor of the community. All these gangsters, they are under my pastorship. I'm not going to be afraid. There is in the quotation, there is in the spoken way, there is nothing that can threaten me in this community. Why? Because God gave me, delegated to the authority to me in the community. I phoned a gangster, I phoned a drug dealer, and I phoned the man. I said, hey, say, this is Pastor Madiba from Lighthouse Tabernacle. I have got to have a chat with you. I had a discussion with your wife. I understand that there are challenges, and I would want you and I to sit down and speak face to face as men and being cognizant that I'm a pastor. I've got to speak because I'm responsible for the community. I said to the men, I say, if you and your wife divorce and your children become rascal or renegades in the community, I'm still the one that needs to go to the prison to go and visit them and try to reconcile them and make them responsible citizens. So I thought, let me just get intervene now rather than later. So the reason I'm phoning you, I know you could say whatever, but just understand that I'm the leader in the community. All, every time I've done that, at no point in time any man ever said, I don't want to speak to you. They actually, all of them, another one, the other time we were here, I think I was with another deacon. The man 
they came, we sat down on the verge of a divorce, and we had a discussion. Uh, as the men, I said, you can give us an hour with your wife. I was with the deacon. Don't be alone with the deacon. <laughs> because you may never come back. Amen. Now, after two hours, the man came. And I, he said, I said, ah, are you back? Because we haven't called you. He says, hey, gentlemen, you will bear with me. No one has ever stayed with my wife for more than two hours. She is the most uncooperative person. I was just coming to make sure that she's still with us. I said, no, she's still with us. Give us more time. And then we had more time. Later we released the wife and got the husband. They had separated, living in different rooms. Now they're happily married. They're having a child. They've relocated to Rustenburg. Happily married. What happened? We've used our delegated authority in the community to intervene in that situation. Every problem here in Whitbank, it's our problem. We need to intervene. Are we together? A lot of times, Brother Mbana would know and Dukons would know. I normally call them and say, we need to visit a place. There's a lot of times we, the other time we went somewhere, they were not believers. We were waiting for the husband to knock off while we are with the wife, waiting for the husband to come home. Why? What gives us that boldness? We understand who we are. Are we together? A church is the power base in the community. That's why I say, let us exercise authority. Now, coming to the woman, the husband was an unbeliever. And she respected the husband. But one day the husband came back with a magazine calendar. And he hung it on the wall. And this magazine, it had different models that were naked. And the wife looked at the calendar and realized that we are still in Jan. And there are still 11 more naked women for every month. Then she attempted to speak to the husband and say, hey, daddy, this thing, this calendar, hey, because we've got boys, the husband uh, roughly interrupted and said, if you dare touch my calendar, I will sort you out. And the wife knew that he meant business. He was an abusive husband. While he had gone to work, the sister came and knelt down before the calendar and began to pray and said, God, you know how best I would want to raise my children, my two boys. I would not want them to be corrupted. I would not want them to perceive a woman's body as an object. But here's a calendar. I don't know what to do. When she came to the end of her prayer, she was inspired. She had a, a holy indignation, a holy anger. She stood up took the calendar, ripped it apart, took it, bent it. Now, the husband came in the evening, pulled over, got into the kitchen, moved into the living room. The calendar was where, as he was coming through from the kitchen, the first thing that would have faced him was where the calendar was. When he came in, there was nothing, and the wife expected that is going to be a war. The men looked there. 
and realized that the calendar was not there. He went straight into the room to sleep. <laughs> he never asked about the calendar. What happened? The sister exercised her God-given authority. And if you exercise that authority, God will make sure that whatever you subject that authority to will come under your subjection. And the husband never asked. Imagine had she become timid and say, ah, what can I do? I don't want to upset. But she consulted with God. And God said, there is something that we can do about it. When there is a matter that is overwhelming, consult with God. And God will show you what needs to be done. God bless you, Rishi. As we stand to our feet. sometimes moved by testimonies that I hear from people, from believers in this church, when they exercise their authority. Amen. Let's just sing any song. Just worship him. Bye. 
morning amen we would think of blind Bartimaeus amen as we as the story goes the prophet would even say that his wife was sick amen and he he sold his turtle dove and his daughter got sick amen and and he sold his little lamb that used to lead him to the street corner amen the only little lamb amen in those in these days we use dogs amen but in those days they would use a lamb amen the only thing that he had to go to the corner amen and, and just get a few cents or a few rands amen just to buy some bread amen just to get along through the week or through the day the only thing that he had amen and he took it to sell it amen and even the priest the priest would look upon him and say oh, come on Bartimaeus that's the thing that could bring you money, amen. But he had to just look and look at his sick wife, amen. And, and just think in his heart, it's the only thing that I've got, amen. I give it, amen. I give it to God, amen. I, give, I lay it on the altar, amen. The only thing that I have this morning, amen. A blood sacrifice, amen. I lay it on the altar, amen. That was blind Bartimaeus, amen. Desire, amen. Like you have a desire this morning. You could raise your hands and say, Lord, I'm just like that blind Bartimaeus this morning, amen. 
I'm in a need, amen. You want a blood sacrifice, amen. You know, you're not looking for some church attendance this morning. We have heard the word, amen. But you want a life this morning, amen. You want a life that's portrayed in this dark age where people mock and scoff and turn away and look down upon this message, amen. This message is calling for the high life calling this morning, amen. This message is calling for a life that could be dedicated, amen. A life that could be sincere and subjected to the word of God. A life that would put me in a position as a husband. A life that could put me in a position as a wife. Amen. A life that could put me in a position as dressed as a bride of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. I'm like blind Bartimaeus. Amen. I laid down my blood sacrifice this morning. Amen. And I'm standing in a corner. Amen. It may seem like he's busy this morning. Amen. People around him. Big affairs. Amen. Amen. Big church meetings, amen. But because blind Bartimaeus has done a blood sacrifice this morning, amen. He called out, amen. In amongst of all the noise, amen. All the commotion, amen. He stood there. Jesus, he said, amen. And nobody heard, amen. And everybody was just about him, amen. And he cried out like you would cry out this morning. Like the song that we have sung. Jesus this morning, amen, hallelujah, and amen, something caught the, uh, the, uh, the ear, amen, of, of him that was married in community of property this morning, amen, and he said, Jesus, and Jesus turned, amen, and he see blind Bartimaeus, amen, he didn't have a turtle dove, amen, to bring attraction this morning. He didn't have the lamb, amen, to bring attraction this morning or lead him, amen. But he was married in community, amen. Because he gave a blood sacrifice this morning, amen. And if we have a blood sacrifice this morning, amen. Hallelujah, he's obligated, amen, to the cry, amen, of his children this morning, amen, that you could receive this morning. And if you have a need in your heart, I, I don't care, amen, what it is, amen. Oh, we have so much of burdens. We have home affairs, amen. We have financial burdens, amen. But amen, we've seen, amen, the Jesus Christ yesterday that was there with the prophet of the hour, amen, hallelujah, cancer just dropped, amen, financial issues just even dropped, amen, as I was even reading a, a spoken word last night, and, and the prophet picked out somebody in the midst there, and I, I just remember him last night, he was just, the prophet was just saying, I, I see you sister, I see you brother, I, I see you pastor, I see, I see there's a problem in your home, amen. That's what he said. I see, I see you have a, you have a sick, amen. There was a problem in the home. There was a sick, amen. There was a problem, amen. So big, amen. Nobody could help him, amen. But there God stood in line and said, you, you believe me to be the prophet of God, he says. Then go and be made well, amen. We believe, amen, to be the pastor of the servant of the delegated authority, amen, in community, amen. How the prophet would even say, Elijah, amen, was a prophet unto Jezebel, amen. And there's a delegated authority coming under the administration and the leadership of the Holy Ghost that the Holy Ghost had to shake him and turn him around, amen. Even this morning and said, put your message aside. I've got a message for the people of the church of God. A lighthouse this morning, amen. And there's needs in my church. So you put your message aside, amen. You listen to the delegated authority this morning. 
I am that I am is in your midst this morning. And I am that I am is in the midst that will supply your needs this morning. Amen. May we just lay everything aside and say, Lord, I'm coming. I heard your voice. You stood for me this morning. I'm in need this morning. We're married in community and property. Amen. Uh, if I'm married in community and property, if I wake up in the midnight hour, I'm not going to go and wake up and shake up my husband and my wife and say, can I have this from the fridge? Or can I sit down here? Or can I do this? Amen. I'll do it because it's my house this morning. Amen. So I'm going to raise my hand and say, Lord, I received because I believed. Amen. We received not because we believed not. Amen. But this morning, we believe that we have received. Hallelujah. With our heads bowed, Heavenly Father, gracious God, Thou hast moved once again, Lord, in a mighty way, Father. As You always did in our lives, Father. You never left us alone, Father. In the darkest of moments, Father. Lord, when uh, blind Bartimaeus had nothing, Father. You came and You supplied the needs, Father. Because He surrendered it all. He gave it all to You, Father. Lord, we have nothing, Father. Whatever we have, Lord God, has come for you, Lord. There may be something that may be holding on this morning, but we offer it as a blood sacrifice this morning, Lord. And say, Lord, your word has come, Father. And you see every heart's desire in your children, Father, that are crying out in this hour, dear Lord Jesus. We have no way to go, Father. The government wouldn't help us, dear Lord Jesus. Father, the psychologists, Father, the doctors, they would do all that they can, Father. The financial institutes, the banks, Father, they've done everything they could do, Father. But we cry out, Jesus, this morning, amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon us, Father God. Come, Lord, and just see your children through this morning, Father. They have prayed and they have believed, Father. Lord, just make a way for them, dear Lord Jesus. We believe who we are. Yea, gods, we say, Lord, and therefore we could speak in the name of Jesus Christ, dear Lord Jesus. Supply the needs to your children, Father. Bless them, Lord God, that there may be testimonies, Father, to the weak, till God, because the Holy Ghost this morning, spoken through your servant, Lord, spoken through the songs, dear Lord, has come and supplied the needs of the predestinated, elected seeds of God. They are allocated to go on a mission to destroy the works of the enemy, Father, to shake and dismantle, Father, the unbelief of Prince of the Persia, dear Lord Jesus, that Michael, Lord, is right in our midst, Father, and Michael the Archangel, through the bride of Jesus Christ, cast Satan down from his position that he held as a squatter, Father, as we as the children of God take up our authority in the position having dominion over our domain, Father, dear Lord Jesus. Our little domain, Father, that you have given us children, you have given us a work, you have given us a church. Our domain, Father, now ye are the sons and the daughters of God. And we believe in, dear Lord Jesus, and we accept it. And we just thank you this morning, Father. Bless your servant, dear God, that has been shook up this morning, Father, and been obedient to the voice of God for the specific needs of each one of us, dear God. For that, dear Lord, grant him a blessing, Father. Restore him. Bless his family. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And the church of God say, Amen, Amen.
Sunday, have a blessed week. God bless you richly. Don't forget who you are. Let the trials of the road not cause amnesia on your part. Always remain in touch with your identity, understanding who you are, because who you are is greater than what you are, and is greater than the condition that you may find yourself in. So have a blessed week. God bless you richly.